Hey, happy Friday. This week we will play a game where we try to review Google I.O. before it even happens. Then we talk about a bunch of AI news and also about what I will be doing over the next two weeks. It's kind of a secret. Welcome to the Friday Chillout. This podcast is 100% funded by Nebula subscribers who also get the show a day early and with an optional video version as well. If you'd like to support the show and get early access, go to nebula.tv slash chillout. Hello and welcome to the Friday Chillout. It is midday on Thursday. Yes, Surprise. we'll all be explained shortly, but first, in this virtual room of heroes, I am joined by Martin from Tech Altar and the Friday Checkout. Martin. I am a virtual hero in this <laughs> podcast. Uh, and I'm Tristan Rayner, and uh, let, let's let's talk about why we're here on a Thursday a little bit later, because um, we sort of, well, because we're not on a Friday, we have to talk about what we're doing, which is predicting Friday and next week, because we won't be here next week. Indeed. This just makes sense. Indeed. Well, I don't know. It will make sense soon. <laughs> we'll explain later. So, but let's get straight to it because I'm going to kick us off with a Google I/O 2023 review in, in preview. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. So before it happens, we're going to review it. Perfect. Um, and then we'll see if we're dumb, dumb in advance, or if we're like actually surprisingly genius. That's right. That's right. I, I expect the latter, of course. Um, <laughs> Obviously. Uh, Anything to share beforehand before we get going? Um, you were just ranting about Windows, trying to take over your life with Edge <laughs> notifications, and begging you to make it its default browser, which is yeah, yeah. We have really. to. I have to use a Chromium browser for the tool that we're using, which is Riverside for recording this podcast, the video version of it. And so I can't use Firefox, so I, I use Edge because I'm too lazy to install Chrome. And my God, like just the amount of like at Microsoft begging and screaming and forcing and pleading and like s- tricking and like everything Microsoft tries to do to get you to use Edge. And like, just <laughs> <laughs> I feel like other than like literally like randomly uninstalling Firefox, like everything else they've done to, to make it make me to get me to switch already. It's just every, every company does this. Everyone pushes their defaults. It's not something Microsoft invented, but like, for a company that has not that long ago been sued into the ground uh, with with a bunch of antitrust stuff, they're, they're really getting very bold with this, I, and, and I I don't I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah, I at first I I almost thought it was fun to just dodge the different notifications and pop up yeah. and be like, nope, I'm not going to default. I'm not going to. But then it's becoming very silly, and I do get tricked occasionally um, into like starting down the road. I said, no, no, I don't want, please don't make Edge. Like, I actually don't have, even have a problem with Edge. You know, it's just that I don't fine. want to use it. Yeah. It's Edge not my is, choice. Exactly. Leave me out of this. With exactly. Although like even, even, even it's the, the, the sentence, it's fine, which is generally true. But then like you open a new tab in Edge and it's just trash. Like how can this be the default opening experience for, for the Microsoft browser that they're so proud of that they're pushing so hard it's just a bunch of such trash. I have ADHD, so I have a very hard time like being not being distracted by things. And so when <laughs> yes. I open this, I literally for I cannot think about what I was trying to do. I cannot think about what I was trying to accomplish because my brain just goes into this like shocked silence of like, oh my god, what is all this nonsense on my home screen? It's it's spinning. There's things changing to the next article. It's all terrible. Like. It's just like I I, can, I have to like 
cover my eyes <laughs> so I only see the address bar type type and this is literally because, what I did today yeah who has enough time to like customize edge you just want to use edge and get a move on you know yeah, you don't I don't, wanna, I don't yeah I the only thing I want to do it is over open riverside but I can't think of the word riverside while there's 43 ads of Kim Kardashian jumping at me yeah I, I admit this this happens to me when because I do use Bing a little bit for the like the chat um and so I'm like okay yeah. I'll open edge to use it and then I forget that I'm not on Bing.com. Which, which, by the way, is also insane that you have to use Edge to use the damn Bing AI. Like, it's yeah, a web that's thing. True. You that's do true. not need anything related to Bing, uh, related to Edge for this. I have to use Skype for for some work purposes. And um, uh, it's in Skype, but I always forget. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Actually, it's like, uh, just randomly, I actually, I actually think Skype has gotten okay. I Ooh. have lately used it multiple times. I mean, we, we still use it with my family uh-huh. for our regular yep. family calls. Yeah. And I think this is an app that they tried to turn into something that was not supposed to, just not meant to be. <laughs> the, the, uh, they tried yes. to turn it into some hip, I don't know, yes. Snapchat competitor that was just not meant to be. But then they uh, dialed it all back and then they rewrote it and everything. And now Skype is fine. The call quality is good. The features are good. The chatting is fine. I'm trying to remember why I why it went so bad or like what happened. Because um, it was sort of the default, like, okay, you have, if you have to make a call and you don't have international calling on your phone or whatever, you would use Skype, right? And then, but then it became like bogged down with all this nonsense. And oh, so many I forget, things. I just, my mind goes blank if I think of Skype other than for using it for this, for like just making yeah. some calls still. But it seemed bad. Yeah, yeah. So it, I, it definitely was bad. Like you would ring someone, it would never ring out. Uh, the other person just wouldn't get your calls. Oh, of good. course, they there was a bunch of spam. They they the way they merged the Skype account with the Microsoft account was creating a lot of problems, and uh-huh. like people were locked out, and they didn't know like why am I logging in with this account when I wasn't. So just just a lot of stuff, and then the whole UI redesign uh, that tried to clone Snapchat was not a success. Right, right. And then they they went from uh, they switched frameworks. So they went from whatever it was in originally to uh, UWP, then React Native, and now they're on something else again. So like they completely rewrote the app multiple times, during which they it, it, they actually lost each time features that they then had to add back again. And then you know it's just just like oh my god, like how? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Figure something out. Okay. Like, but you, like, I think we could skip Skype. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> just, yeah. just, things, like just things things to complain about. Encyclopedic knowledge of Skype, unexpectedly, for, for the listeners today. <laughs> Indeed. I okay. don't know why, but I'm weirdly <laughs> obsessed with this program because of how much of a disaster it is. <laughs> All right. I've got to try and get us back on track here. Do which it. is to say, Google I.O. happens next week, starting May 10th. And Martin, we absolutely know what's coming in a few ways. Of course, Google has yep. some, some big surprises, um, but we might as well make some fearless predictions as well. And Martin, we're going to review things already before they happen Yes, with a review rating, and then we'll, we can come back uh, the week after next and decide on how well we or how badly we did and how Google surprised us. It's good to, it's good to hold us accountable. So Yeah, uh, and but, all, our audience can laugh about us or shame us or be very proud and praise us, one of the exactly. two. Exactly, or and both. if they if they think they're better than us, they have to show with their predictions before made before the event. <laughs> indeed, indeed, 
if you're loud mouth, see if you can do better than us. Exactly. Which you definitely can. Okay. Probably. <laughs> um, on the hardware front, I think we're going to get uh, a pretty good result, which is, uh, so let's start with the Pixel 7a. That's basically confirmed. Google India announced it'll be sold the next day on May 11th. I think the actual name wasn't said, but we can, we're pretty confident here. Leaker Evan Blass showed off a, looking, a nice looking coral version, which I liked. Um, it's basically the 7 Pro, uh, the 7 series with the Tensor D2 chip, but cheaper. 6.1 inch device, blah, 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 blah. All that, the spec details what's the, are going to come. What's the refresh rate? Did they Nine, go from I think six, 90 hertz. Okay, is, so is, they went is, from 60 to 90. That's, that's, that's the only thing that I was, that would, would have kept me from buying a 6A last year. Uh, okay, interesting. Because the thing is, the 6A will still be on sale if you believe the, if you believe what's to come. Um, and it'll just be the cheaper version, like the even cheaper version. The AA, the, the, the 7A Lite version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The last year's, the yeah. last year's A. But Martin, my interest rating for this is 4 out of 10. It's fine. It's completely fine. We know what to expect. Good, done, Pixel 7a. Like, it's not going to be amazing, but it's still, it's not, it's not interesting, but it's like a great option for a lot of people, I expect. Do we know what the expected price is? I think, I thought it was 499 so it went up 50 bucks from the 450 last year. Yeah, time. so like, because that, that's the problem that I have here. The... The A series makes a lot of sense because of how cheap it is and because of how it still retains most of the things that you want from a Pixel device, right? And I think the last like remaining feature that I would have wanted to be carried over would have been a high refresh rate screen, which now you get. It's not 120 hertz, but 90 hertz is already nice. But then, of course, this means that at that point, why would you buy the higher end model? Like maybe slightly smaller bezels or whatever. But also now the prices are starting to look like almost the same as well as the Pixel 7. So is it still exciting? <laughs> same phone, yeah. same chip. Yeah. We've seen that the camera quality, because of Google doing so much with software, is probably going to be the same. Like all the blind camera tests and everything that MKBHD and all the others have done. Yeah almost the same on the the a series as on the the main one of course you don't have the periscope and whatever but so maybe what will happen is it won't come at that price range or the preview price will be uh, the pre-order price will be good or they'll bundle something in to make it attractive and therefore you won't they'll have figure those, out th- something yeah yeah those direct comparisons with the 7 and 7 pro uh, we'll see we'll see I, i'm i'm giving this a solid i'm writing this down five and a half Ooh, for excitement points all right. Because look, I have a lot of friends who ask me for a phone, and most of my friends who ask me for a phone, they're people who do not want a very high-end device, okay. because the ones who want the high-end device, they already know what they want, right? Typically, yep. they want either an iPhone, or they yep. want a foldable, or they yep. want a, like, whatever. So this is somebody who wants to spend, like, a certain amount of money, and it, it always comes down in the somewhere 400 to 600 euro range. I don't know why this is, like, the magic figure where people feel like it's probably going to be a good enough phone but it's like i don't need i don't need space age um so for that range this is going to be a solid device it's going to be like an easy recommendation where it has good chip good camera good battery good screen go yeah and i think the support's there also i've been wanting to say this for a while that the the google keeps sponsoring the nba finals uh so the the playoff series is is on now and google like Google Pixel is the main sponsor. Um, That's and, wild. Yeah, and I think it was last year. And I'm pretty sure if you sign a contract with the NBA, they make you sign like a minimum three-year deal or something. So uh, 
Google's heart may not be in it as much as it was when it first sponsored the NBA, but I, I do think it's a sign of something to like this. I, I think it's a good sign for the Pixel ecosystem, I guess. Oh yeah, um, for sure. Okay, getting distracted. I rate the NBA a uh, solid 9 out of 10. Interesting, by the way. NBA is, is of all the sports, I would say at least a 4. <laughs> this is very high on Martin's list. I, I do not watch any sports. <laughs> like Tristan's Big Love, which is Formula 1, to me ranks somewhere between a 0.5 and a 1. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I sure. yeah. Let, okay, moving on. <laughs> moving um, on to the phones. Uh, no, no. Next, I have like ne- good, good chaotic energy vibes today. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> Maybe Thursday's your day. Thursday's your day. Okay, uh, this is almost certainly the Pixel Tablet. Now, there's some chance it'll get released later, but I expect it to debut um, uh, at, at Google I/O and go on sale fairly soon after that. I am pretty much very super interested in this. <laughs> Um, because I can imagine owning one instead of an iPad. Yeah. Uh, if Google can figure out the answer to the problem of why not just get an iPad. So um, definitely at least a 7 out of 10. I think uh, the reviews of the OnePlus pad were pretty interesting this week. Like, it seemed like a lot of people were like, oh, this is actually a really good tablet. And then a lot of people were actually like, well, it's still an Android tablet, so just get an iPad. Please just get an iPad because it's much more customized. If Google can solve that in any way, I think that'd be very, very uh, intriguing, and I would like to own one potentially. Yeah, and that's the hope, right? That yep. the hope is that Google this they have already released Android twelve L. They have done some optimizations, like the dock and all the the like split screen notification shades and everything for bigger screens. And now they're bringing out two devices: the tablet and the fold, which we'll talk about in a second. And so. The theory is that at least all the first-party Google apps, you 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 better believe, are going to be at least decently optimized for this. And then the operating system itself will have a bunch of capabilities. And then seeing all this push, maybe app makers will support something as well. Maybe. Yep. So give me a rating. Uh, tablet itself, for me, any tablet is somewhere between a zero and a three. Uh, I have absolutely no interest in tablets um unless you're like I, I can imagine i can imagine why somebody else would have an interest in tablets like i can imagine if i was like an artist and i was drawing that i would like to have a tablet with a pen or something but for me just just two uh, okay, but, but, but the reason is, why i'm interested in it yeah, is okay, because on, the, the the potential benefits to android and the tablet interface which makes this a 5.5 oh another as 5.5 well. Okay, I see. I was gonna say. I was gonna remind you that like this, this isn't like the Pixel Tablet Six exactly upgra- upgrade yeah. from the Pixel Tablet Five, which is not no, interesting. Yeah, it's a it's a big deal. It's a big deal because yeah. of what this maybe means. But then it's also Google. You know, like Google will release this. They'll be like, "This is a big deal," and then three months later, when nobody bought it, they'll be like, "This was not a big deal." Oh, <laughs> poor Google. Okay, <laughs> um, are you? I. So let's get to the Pixel Fold. Um, it's coming, and I, I actually wanted to say what you've said there, which is that Google has been laying the groundwork for this thing for a while. So it's not just the hardware, which we've seen Samsung and others being a, be able to do with the premium hardware. Uh, it's the software, you know, um, Android 12L, uh, various updates, split screens, things like asking developers to include um, thoughts for, for their foldables. Google surely has their first-party tools customized for the Fold. Um, we've seen Evan Blast also leak marketing images this week. Uh, we saw some big 
bezels on it, um, sort of not much gap in the hinge area, uh, which all looks pretty interesting. Um, we saw, okay, this is name pronunciation time for me, but we saw Kuba Wojciechowski. I think don't think that's the Polish way to say it, but it's probably the English way to say it. Um, Fair. Don't you don't say anything because this is. I will. I will. Best. Yeah, I I make fun of your pronunciation, but not today. <laughs> um, so like we saw a leak of uh, of them. Uh, I don't know if it was them actually folding it, but like we saw the fold going on. So I anyway, I, all this makes for a very interesting device. This is probably ten out of ten for me. This is the peak of smartphone foldables at 10 this point. Ten out of ten. I, how could I be more interested? Like, I, I think the only way I could be very hurt with my interest is if Google's like, oh, we actually only have three-hour battery life or it's, you know, $6,500. I think the pricing will be okay and battery life will be okay and therefore I, I it's a very high interest for me. It doesn't mean I'm going to buy one, but I'm going to be tuning in to see what this thing is. For me, this is a seven out of 10. Okay, go on. Because I think I, my problem with this is that it's only it's only new and interesting for Google. Right. And I think I'm from the all the leaked information so far, I'm not sure if they'll bring anything new to the table significantly. Um and I and I have a bit of a problem with Google's approach. Like if you if you think about, you know, first party hardware from these platform vendors, which is Google and Microsoft, Microsoft sees its role as a company that takes risks on behalf of their OEM partners and creates new designs and new form factors and figures out, like they do the R&D on behalf of this ecosystem to figure out what the the future of hardware and software and user interaction should be. They're willing to lose money on this. They're willing to do something silly, but then they take those learnings and then they hand it back out to their, you know, Asus's and Dell's and Lenovo's of the world. Uh, I think that's, you know, it often doesn't work. Obviously, that's how this works. But it is a, a genuinely interesting thing for the ecosystem. I, what I feel at Google is that they're extremely conservative in their approach to hardware. And if anything, what they're doing is they're letting Samsungs and Vivos and Oppos and Xiaomi's and whoever's figure out what the next form factor and what the next user interaction and what the, what the next whatever else will be. And then they'll just make like a slightly more googly version of that. And I, I really wish that they took more risks and they created more forward-looking uh, products, both in terms of software and hardware. Like, it's it's cool that they don't want to release like a super unpolished product. And, and, and I, I'm happy for them to have like a regular Pixel phone, which doesn't have to reinvent the wheel or whatever. But especially in something like foldables, I really wish that they were like more future-looking, like more, more trying to be on the forefront of what's next, not basically maybe doing what Oppo did two years ago. You know, like it's... Right. So you're saying this would have been great two years ago. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, it is it is late, but it's not it's it's not too little too late, you know? I think it's because... Well, exactly. We'll, we'll see how... The, like maybe they'll have some special tricks that we don't know about, but I'm, I'm just saying that in general... Yeah. I'm not as excited about it this as everybody else. And I, and I, I wish Google's position was a different one. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so you, are you sticking with a seven? You talked it down. You talk. This this sounds like a lower rating. No, 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 no. I think it's still a really important device, and I think yep. it's it's good. And I think I'm, I'm I even believe that it will be like as a product, it will be a good product that people will enjoy using. I I don't yep. 
I don't see a problem with that with all the latest Google devices. I think they're, they've gotten pretty good at making phones and stuff. Yeah. But uh, I just mean that, like, in terms of importance and excitement, I'm, I wish I could be more excited about this and it was more important than it is. Yeah, okay. I think that makes for a, an interesting I.O. because you'll see if Google is able to advance the field for advance the field in any sort of way uh, and give you some reason to come back the I week hope after next and say, yeah, at Google, honey. Underestimated you. Let's see. Um, okay. There's a couple of other things that may come. Um, th- these are very much on the maybe front. So like maybe a Google or Nest AirTag competitor, um, which I'd be interested in, but not that interested. It's like, you know, that's just another ecosystem device. I don't think anything will be t- particularly good. Uh, I'm just going to assume you agree with me on that. The, there's probably yeah. a new Pixel Buds A. Uh, which I saw from leaks, um, which is probably, again, another ecosystem thing. So maybe three or four out of 10 Five. rating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have to do it. Makes sense. I hope it's good. Don't care. Yep. Uh, I don't expect a Pixel Watch 2. I don't. I, don't, I haven't seen nah, anything on that. Too recent. Yeah. Would, I would be interested, but let's not rate that one. Um, and I would assume there's going to be a Pixel 8 teaser to some extent. Um, Hell yeah. I don't know how to rate it's that. Very early, no. Yeah. When did, the, that, when did the other Pixel come out? Yeah, not that long ago. Six months ago, seven months ago. Yeah. September, October. Well, you never I know feel. with Google. Probably, if it's not teased, at least it will be leaked. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, something will come out any day now. Yeah, I I give a five out of ten because you know, I'm interested in a Pixel Eight for sure, but I at this stage it seems too early. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. Um. All right. Well, now, well done. We've discussed the IR. <laughs> well, no, that that's the hardware. So there's going to be there's going to be software, right? So I don't, I'm not sure about the software front. So this, there'll be Pixel software that they talk about. There'll be Android 14 announcements. There'll be new Wear OS stuff, I assume. Uh, and then we talk about AI, like the, you know, we're going to see Bard in every single piece of Google software. It's going to be in Search. It's going to be in you know Chrome browser, etc. Which one of those do you want to sort of focus on? Because I think I think. I think the Android 14 announcements seem likely, but I don't expect anyone to be too hype, you know, because there's not much that can happen. Pixel's a little bit the same, Wear OS is a bit the same. So AI is obviously the one, I think, the highest interest, the thing most people are going to be interested to see what Google's actually can do. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, Google, uh, the New York Times had something about Google actively working on AI-powered search engine codename Magi. So, or Magi. Magi? Yeah, maybe that as well. Um how is it spelled? M A G I? Yeah. It's Magi now. So, I wouldn't say Magi. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. But as in, as in like it's a magician, right? Like that's the that's the word that it wants to be? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. I I, don't, I bet don't. that I bet that any <laughs> developer, designer, UI, UX person, any per, any employee that Google has that is available to be moved from a project is currently being moved towards working on AI. Like like every resource that is available at Google is being taken and being like, you now do AI or you're fired. (laughs) This is the thing we have to win. (laughs) Oh, you had some other projects? Too bad. Cancelled. Can you incorporate AI or do you have to just make it AI? Yeah, yeah. It's also um, like any anybody who's going to get promoted in within Google in the next five years, it's going to uh, have worked on an right. AI project. Yeah, this is the only the only Oops. thing that matters. 
Sorry, I just dropped something. Don't edit that out. Makes me look <laughs> human. Just leave it in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I still, I, I give this a seven point five out of ten interest rating. I I can't say like I'm I can't say that I'm going to be blown away by what's to come. Therefore, my interest isn't that high. Like I I am. This is still one of the most anticipated parts, along with the Pixel Fold for me. But I just. I just suspect that it's going to be like, oh, okay, some more generative generative elements of AI worked into more Google properties. Like, you're going to have to do something to wow me. So I'm interested, but I'm just yeah on the on the edge of like being I, super excited. I think I think there's going to be an era relatively soon where you're not going to be wowed by AI, but right. but it is just going to be useful and it is uh-huh. just going to enhance your workflow. So I remember how. Uh, a year or two, I don't know when, ago, you started typing things and then it just started showing you the little recommendation uh-huh. for the next few words in yep. Gmail and G Suite and Microsoft Office and whatever. I think like like this ed- or like uh, predictive text in your keyboard, you know, like, like these are the things that a version of this will be created with AI that is not going to be like this massive entity that you have to... Uh, interface with like chat gpt but it's just i think it's just going to be tied into every piece of software that you use it's going to make image editing video editing text generation all all the things are going to have this like fabric uh, will have ai like weaved into their fabric and it's going to make your work better and faster and more efficient going forward and i think i think that's actually something that i'm looking forward to so i don't have to think about like wow which you know AI assistant that I'm more excited about. No, I just want to open Google Docs or whatever I use or Notion, and I just want it to help me write better. That's the sure. that's the thing that I'm looking forward to. Okay. With all that said, what's your interest rating out of ten for this? Uh, seven because it's useful and yep. uh, hopefully, yeah, I don't, yeah, seven. <laughs> I just yeah, I got it. Maybe my my rating's too small because I just be. I'd be so shocked if Google didn't have, you know, like one more thing up their sleeve for this AI system where they're actually able to come out and be like, hey, look at us, slap something on the table, like, we're here, we've arrived. With big but, gorilla. Woof, yeah. Woof. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, like, was, in previous uh, IOs, they did, what is it, Lambda? That was really impressive. They, yep. they showed... Uh, duplex i think which was the the call thing that's right that's right exactly all this so, stuff which showed that they were the leader of ai but exactly never quite and really so this this is what google io was in the past right they showed you some crazy ai thing or they showed you the the, the fact that you could like erase a fence in a photo in front of a kid which never came so they can slam things on the table and then never deliver them as well or this call screening, they also neutered because people were freaked out by it. So, like, there's a mm-hmm. lot of AI. And this is, I think, a, a large part of what happened, I think, is this. That they created these products, these services, these solutions. Yep. And then the world was like, that's creepy. You're Google. Like, you're running the world. Don't do creepy things. And then yep. they became really comfortable, uh, conservative with their uh-huh. new products. And I think yeah, we'll, we'll see a bit of a reversal of that. Okay. Um, yeah, just on that, we... We, you and I were both just reading a leaked internal Google document that's just emerged uh, by email from Semi Analysis, uh, which is basically pointing out that Google has no moat, but neither does op- OpenAI in pointing out like how fast AI is evolving, how important the quality of data is, how little importance it is for Google to have these huge models and, and to train 
and to like break their backs in extending the, this some sort of quantity of data. Um, and there's a really good quote uh, just on this, which I think I just want to make sure we read because I don't think we'll put it in the checkout, um, yeah, which sure. we're still working on later today. Um, but uh, this person at Google, um, who you, you, know, you may or may not agree with, and I'm sure is a hot topic at Google for people who agree and disagree, but uh, very interestingly, they said, they said, paradoxically, the one clear winner in all this is Meta because the leaked model was theirs. They have effectively garnered an entire planet's worth of free labor. So this large language model from Meta emerged, got downloaded by a bunch of people, and then they all started customizing it. So uh, to finish the quote, they say, since most open source innovation is happening on top of their architecture, there's nothing stopping them from directly incorporating it into their products, which is pretty Their wow. architecture being Meta's architecture. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So the innovation's hop happening with their base model. Yes. And so they can be like, oh, we like that little piece. Well, let's grab that little piece. And so um, this this argument says, yeah, you know, suddenly all these people are working on it um, for free, for meta. Yeah, but how do, you, how do you know that like, a ne- like the next even more interesting model isn't going to come out in three weeks? No, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that. It's just more like, People are crunching this model down into tiny little bits that you can run on your laptop and customize it overnight. All right. um, They're turning it into, you know, they're they're tweaking it to be a certain um, generative function. Uh, And Meta can say, oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. That's not interesting. And and so the concept is that because this is out in the public and a lot of people are working on it with a lot of different ideas, the like kind of combined efforts of all these people, it's like an open source but it's not open source because it's not open source on purpose, but it's kind of like an open source project in, in effect yep. that a lot of individual independent people add work to it. And then because of that, it exactly. gets much better. So this is, I guess, it kind of makes me think of the world of gaming where uh, the Half-Life engine um, was, uh, was uh, sorry, I'm sorry, everyone that I forget, but it was either open sourced or you could just mod it heavily. And so that's how Counter-Strike came out. And then right. Counter-Strike became... You know, half of Valve's business for forever. It has been forever. It will be forever. Yeah. Uh, because of the mods and customizations and people building yeah. on top. So I don't know if that's I, I I don't know if that's too reductive, but it's a it's a concept that of why open source is so good. Exactly. I mean, I think we're early enough in the stage of AI where we don't know what the answer to any of this is yet, and we also don't the companies don't know what the future of AI will look either. So having an open platform that a lot of people innovate on gives you a higher chance that one of them is going to strike gold. And so yep. Yep. that that so you might let everyone have a shovel, you know? Like Exactly. Now, at, at Google only they hold a shovel. Now everyone else Anyway, moving on, I I, I want to keep going because the one thing I wanted to ask you was do you think Google will have anything AR VR at um Google IO? And I would have like a pretty solid interest level of that. Um and the, the the trick is, so I can see them wanting to appear up to whatever Apple's doing and will uh-huh. release later in the month. But I can also see them saying, well, we don't want to show too much in case what Apple has to come at WWDC is amazing and therefore we look stupid. Um, so five out of 10 for me on that. Uh, pretty interested, but I'm not expecting that Are much. We, like none of the leaks said that we will see something, right? No, that's right. But yeah. Um, and and I don't know if it's too out of the hype cycle to for the Google to even worry about it. But you would think if they have something, they'll show it off. I I think it's not. I think it's not on their horizon. I, I think a they're way too busy to be distracted by this. Like I think the Pixel hardware team has a lot on their plate. 
and the software and platforms and whatever teams that are generally building the future of Google have a lot on their plate. Yes, and I think this AR, VR stuff is too busy by both um, Meta and Apple uh, pouring a lot of money into this. So it's very expensive to hire the developers and everything. And it hasn't proven itself yet. So I think this is a time where if Google is smart, I would I would say they just let Apple figure this out. And then once Apple has figured out what the use case is and what the hardware looks like and whatever, then you just come in a year later, you make a platform for it, and then you try your best from there. Okay, fair enough. I, I give it a 5 out of 10. Um, I, I'm assuming your number's lower based on that. Probably, yeah, I don't know, 3. <laughs> so I go with 3. Um, okay, I was going to ask you about just sort of stepping back from looking above this very high level, just like what we think of Google Google I.O. generally. I, but I think you already talked about it, how once upon a time they could show us some stuff and we'd be very impressed, I like duplex and, and so on. Um, and the importance of Google I.O. Seem to have, seems to have slipped a little bit. But there's a chance that with it being back in person and it being a big year that they really try very hard to make it a huge show. I think they have to really, try. Yeah. So the general interest level, my whole my number for the whole Google I.O. is definitely like a solid 7 out of 10, I think. Like, yeah, I think I mean, it's going to be a big one. I think there's yeah. going to be big hardware announcements, big software announcements, and Google is in a place where they have to be hungry, they have to fight, and they have to prove themselves, which is it's, it's great for us. They're okay. going to do silly things, but also great things because they have to. Okay. So my, my interest rating and my pre-grading is 8 out of 10. All right, I'll, I'll go with the seven. Okay, solid seven. Mm-hmm. Okay, that sounds good. Okay, Martin, uh, it's time to get to the mailbag. Um, and uh, okay, so people have written into us asking questions, mostly of you. I'll try and answer as well if I can. Um, but uh, the first question: so regulation and AI. This is a bit of a hot topic at the moment. Um, and there's an interesting suggestion here that's like should regulation of AI be sort of looked after by a global committee and the the uh, similar body that is mentioned here is sort of how ICANN works for domains um, so sure. uh, like a sort of limiting body that keeps control of these things I want to head this off by saying it seems like it's a bit too late like AI is everywhere well after regulation can really rein things in but the idea of, of more regulation it seems very 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 likely we've seen I think even at the G7 meeting, which is coming up, AI is on the topic list for like, you know, these political leaders to talk about. Um, yeah, it seems like a lot of companies are saying, hang on, we can make more money. So that's that's what will lead to regulation in part. But anyway, I'll stop talking because they want to know your answer. So I think the ICANN example is an interesting one, but it's imp- interesting. It is important to point out that ICANN regulates a very narrow part of the internet, specifically domain names. And so I can imagine something similar happening with a global organization with AI as well. If you say that, I don't know, I don't know what the equivalent of domain names would be, what domain names are to the internet. I don't know what that would be to AI, but I can imagine that some organization uh, controls some part of it or sets some standards that others then uh, follow to some degree. But I don't think AI as a whole will be monitored by a, a, a global organization. Uh, in no small part because uh, our governments can't agree on anything lately. We're so polarized and there's never going to be... that we're, we're not in the place uh, in our human society trajectory where governments will just agree China and the US will not have the same goals with AI. 
It's just just don't. And the EU is not going to agree to any of their stuff either. So right. like national governments will want to exert themselves, and uh, it doesn't matter what would be nice. It's not. It's just not going to happen, in my opinion. The national so governments are going to want to take a hand on this. What do you think of this? Which which is an analogy I heard, which is like um, ignoring AI at the moment is like the movie Don't Look Up, where you're really dumb not to be like we actually have to pay this a lot of attention because it could very well be an asteroid heading for the earth i'm always skeptical of those things because i always feel like the limit on ai is a lot higher than what people really uh like the 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 time for artificial general intelligence is a lot further down the track than what it would seem but you know generative ai has shown us a lot of what we thought we might get from ai general ai so i don't know does this does this does don't look up uh work for you as as an analogy for for how serious um i don't think so because the problem we have is that with don't look up you had the solution right like you had a clear definition of the problem the asteroid is coming and you had a proposed solution by the scientists that if followed would have probably made sense uh-huh. The problem we have is that we don't know what the problem is going to be with AI, and we don't know what the solu- the a, a remotely good solution for that would be. So, there it's not like we're like putting our heads in the sand. In fact, I think regulators are freaked out about this, and a lot of people are trying to figure out what the regulation of future of this is. It's just that we don't have the correct answers, and uh, so I, I don't think it's a particularly like a hundred percent a good good analogy. Um, I think. Yeah, more thinking and more contemplating, and <laughs> we'll we'll come up with something eventually that that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. We have had a few questions about Lenovo, so sort of this comes from your Techata video released ah. this week uh, about the backstory of Lenovo and why regulation of it isn't as likely or hasn't happened yet. Um, and there's an extra uh, video on Nebula related to if you'd rather work at Lenovo or Huawei. Um, I think a fair bit of context is needed if you have sort of haven't watched either, or at least, you know, and maybe you haven't watched the Nebula one. But so maybe just give a general point of view here without stepping on the video as to like where would you want to work for any of the big Chinese firms, or like where do you, yeah, like would you rather work at Lenovo or Huawei? For the people who haven't watched the video, or can you entice them to watch the video with your answer? Yeah, so the, the bonus video was a comparison between Lenovo and Huawei, which are the two extremes on the spectrum of how Chinese companies, tech companies typically work and how they go global. Lenovo is extremely decentralized and extremely collaborative in comparison, uh, whereas uh, Huawei is extremely centralized in their whole decision-making and extremely competitive, and like people are fighting against each other both internally and with external organizations. Uh, I would. I'm not a Huawei person, so I don't. I don't work well in this kind of environment. It is specifically uh, apparently uh, people who like working for Huawei are people who are very hungry and like very ambitious, like you know a hustler. <laughs> if you think about that, so if you don't mind stepping on other people's toes, and if you don't mind other people stepping on your toes, if you enjoy the fight, because uh, some people do, and I and I, th- I think there's nothing inherently wrong with that. Um, but if you enjoy like brawling it out with everyone all the time, uh, and and uh, in exchange you have a, a pretty fast path uh, going up if you make all the right choices and meet all the right people, and if you're comfortable with the politics, um, then you can you can achieve a pretty uh, fast growth within the organization. But I just I just like fundamentally hate <laughs> every part of this myself. Um, I think Lenovo, uh, I have never worked for them, but they seem like a significantly nicer organization. 
uh, I don't know if it's, uh, it might be a bit too slow for my taste. Um, but uh, I actually really enjoyed working for Oppo in general. I think it was a, a good mix of the two. Um, they had a solid uh, company culture that was not like you were not backstepping all your colleagues all the time. And um, I think yeah, quite, so quite good overall. The only thing I can offer on Huawei is, uh, you know, I met a bunch of nice people there, but one of the PRP, unnamed PR people, uh, saying this carefully, was one of the most aggressive PR people I've ever come across. Yeah. Super agitated about anything you've ever said in your entire life that may have been negative about Huawei, no matter how justified. Uh, so, and it was, it was not like it was too bothersome, but at the yeah. same time, it was like, wow, this is... Just the intensity of the whole place, right? Intensity, that's a really good word yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah. You felt like, yeah, you felt, um, you felt the vibe there sometimes with some of these people when you're like, Spicy. Yeah, and I, and I do think, like, this is actually, like, the superpower of Chinese tech companies and Chinese companies in general, that they're just so hungry and so driven and so, like, you know, the opposite of Europe. Like, I feel like Europe is yeah. nice and quiet and is sits in the, is happy to sit in the background and is happy to come third in a race. And then uh, uh, Chinese companies, and especially Huawei, but a lot of Chinese companies, they're just like, we are out for a kill. We're going to conquer this entire industry. It, we almost almost don't care about the like legality or like it, just like all of these are like second second uh, uh, priorities. But we're just here to win, and we're here to deliver the best product, win the most customers, and you know gain yeah. as much market share as possible at any cost. Go go go! And, and so, if you stand in the way, just the PR people away. Will, will hound you. <laughs> any, will. Anyone, anyone, <laughs> you as a media person, you as a competitor, you as a government, you as just like you know they're. Things. Just the intensity of like the need to win is is just so much higher than than in other companies. Fair. Um, okay, I want to go to the last question, which uh, we cannot answer. So I'll just I'll just say this out loud. But uh, one of my very best friends in tech actually wants to wants to ask us about what we think the best EV car in Europe under forty thousand euros or about forty thousand dollars would be. Uh, but sadly, I, can't answer. It. I have zero yeah. zero answers for you. I haven't I haven't been car shopping actively and um I, I do keep an eye on the ev market but i don't really know like what the final cost is once i get my wallet out sort of thing so uh this is where we ask if anyone else has an answer feel free to write those answers to martin on discord or on mastodon Indeed. and i'm going to read your link which is mas.to so mass.to slash at symbol tech altar to get it's you very on. elegant it's probably also going to be in the description <laughs> No, no, no. People just, tip, just immediately just type, type this on your yeah. phone. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. All right. So we are going to end the podcast uh, on our trivia fact corner. Martin, this week, let me paint you a picture ahead of a question here. So um, an interesting bit of news uh, is that with US restrictions, NVIDIA's especially uh, lower spec H800 chip made for China will likely take about 10 to 30% longer to carry out some AI, AI tasks. And so just that alone may double the cost compared to its H100 chip, which is the full fat, full speed, no limitation version that will be uh, in other parts of the world, just not China. Um, but I saw a really interesting brief discussion on this, uh, and this all comes from a Reuters article. Um, and so, okay, so a, you know, a chip in China that takes twice as long, that'll still get the job done, but um, you have to spend more money. I don't think money is necessarily a huge problem for these Chinese companies, but... Does this incentivize things in an interesting way? So 
if you can beat the hardware problems, like for example, could we see China's AI computing ecosystem run more effective algorithms and setups because the sanctions incentivize them to optimize for costs so they don't have to spend the money they have to spend money somewhere so they might as well spend it on faster software better software and will that help them hmm. China in the hmm. AI battle is this a weird setup or are they gonna just import H100s through back channels anyway <laughs> that's the that's the other option that it's a nice try but we're gonna keep using the chips that we want anyway well, if you assume if you assume it's they can't, and you assume that right. the, the battleground is going to be limited hardware-wise for at least 12, 18, 24 months, yeah, and the, you know people aren't getting flights with GPUs stuffed into their suitcases and whatever, It'd um, be a pretty big suitcase, yeah, or a lot of people. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, it's a leading I question. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and the answer is I don't know. So that's an interesting <laughs> question. I, yes. uh, I, I agree with the, the 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 suggestion that you have that maybe this will force better efficiency. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. My my suspicion is that we're so early that you just want to run like as much data through uh, as big a pipeline as you can. So probably having a, a better machine that can do more data crunching is a, is better than being forced to optimize for efficiency early on but uh, i don't know <laughs> i would be happy to be able to answer yeah it's, it's uh, and this leaked google document that we were just talking about um specifically talks about how um quality seems more important how these small models are doing incredible things within weeks um of like a large model it, yeah this it is too early there's so much going on it's very spicy um but we are going on too long, Martin. So that is uh, just about us. But let's talk about why, well, what we're doing next week um, and where you'll be uh, and the week after that and so on. So fill us in on your movements, basically, because I'll be here in Berlin, as always. <laughs> yeah, so tomorrow I'm uh, I'm flying on holidays, which are, which are all the half holidays because I'll be working. But What? You didn't tell me that. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see. I'll try to keep it to a minimum. Okay. But um, so the first week of that will be in Egypt. I'm going on a dive trip and I'll be on a boat in the middle of the Red Sea. So I won't have internet. So uh, no. Okay. Well, then no working. <laughs> well, I mean, so we're, we're taking a Huawei Watch Ultimate and an Apple Watch Ultra with us. So I might do like a short just to see. I want to try uh, and actually Maya, who I'm going with, for diving, she's actually quite interested in trying them out to see if she likes any of them because we have these like really big clunky watches. So we're actually going to give it like a full long-term test of whether this is something that you'd want to dive with uh, or not. Um, And I'm probably going to do a short, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, well, that sounds actually pretty good. So yeah, yeah, you should do that. Just a brief, (laughs) just a brief thing. Then we're going to go across a bunch of countries uh, in the Middle East and I don't know how my internet will be, uh, like Jordan and Lebanon and so on. Uh, I don't know how my internet will be. I don't know like whether I'll have lights or <laughs> whether there'll be 43 trucks honking next to me all the time and I can't record audio. So <laughs> so I don't know what will happen. I will have my enough film equipment with me so that I can try to make a video a Friday checkout and I will attempt to make one, but uh, maybe there will be Friday check out and chill out the week after the next or not. I can't say. Okay. But the well, two, two weeks happen. after that, I'll be back already. So 
Is there not a YouTube global studio in Jordan? Come on, come on, Google. Help us out. <laughs> somebody, somebody, please create a space for me. Yeah. There's got to be some YouTubers out there. Um, okay, is that it then? Is that what? So, yeah, so to recap, uh, we won't be around next week. And then the week after, hopefully. Maybe, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, in lieu of that, I hope everyone has a nice preview of Google I.O. Um, I hope it's a good show for everyone. Um, I, I'll be on Discord talking about it at some point. Um, but other than that, that is a wrap. So thanks for your thoughts uh, from for the mailbag, as always. And thanks to Martin. Check Martin out at Tekata and his latest video on Lenovo, uh, as well as the Friday checkout, which just comes tomorrow um, or today, depending on when we actually release this episode. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to release it today on Thursday. Cool. Okay. YOLO. Yeah, that's Thursday. Chill out. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I can be found as well. So don't bother looking for me though, because I'm still trying to figure out if I go to Blue Sky or not. Uh, Mastered, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in, and we'll catch you next Friday. Bye bye. <laughs>